Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vinyl Countdown, the podcast where I, Jeremy Levine, break down my favorite vinyl releases from cover to cover and everything in between. On this week's episode, I will be discussing one of my wife's favorite releases from last year, uh, this, the album Jamie by Brittany Howard of the Alabama Shakes. Um, I will say I was never a huge fan of the Alabama Shakes or anything. Um, again, my, my wife likes them, and then she also likes um, Brittany Howard's solo stuff, which I do too. But um, I will say, you know, the solo stuff I like a whole lot different, just because it's a it's a different sound, and she's a, a hell of a singer. So that's always, you know, she's incredible. So let's um, let's get on down to Perry Corner real quick. Let's just, let's do it. So, there appears to be five listed, but there is a sixth one listed as a, quote, club edition. Although, searching online, I couldn't find any trace of it existing, so who knows? Because, as always, Discogs is just some, you know, a wasteland of just, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. People upload what you want or, you know, uh, have all these crazy entries and, yeah, whatever. Uh, Sorry, Grandpa Levine just went off on a, a tangent. So... Uh, there is a clear variant that's a Books a Million exclusive, a Sandstone, Orange Starburst, uh, Standard Black, and a White Black Marble, limited to 4,000. Uh, we opted for that pressing. Um, so all of these are available for like, you know, 25 to $35. So yeah, I definitely, I would definitely recommend picking it up. Um, the Black and White Marble, it looks, I mean, it looks pretty awesome. You know, it has also the um, the sleeve is like a was like a prism, like rainbow effect in the light and all that, like kind of changes color. So that's also pretty cool. Uh, now, quickly, let's just uh, let's get into the music. That's all we got on Variant Corner. So, uh, quick note: the title of the album is dedicated to her sister Jamie, who um, unfortunately died of a retinoblastoma as a teenager, but. Um, uh, Brittany Howard has said in an interview that the album is very much about her and her life experiences. You know, it's not her sister's, but like it's all about her, but it was dedicated to her. And I'll, I'll get into that later as to why. Um, so track one, History Repeats. It's a you know kind of funky, just soul-filled song, you know, as are a lot of the songs on this record. And again, departure from the Alabama Shakes and uh, even her other project, the... Uh, wonderfully named thunder bitch <laughs> uh, the song seems to be a fairly straightforward song about uh not repeating past mistakes and uh you know just basically moving on and learning and learning in order to grow as a person uh track two he loves me it's a uh, quite simply a song about uh no matter what she does or how she changes uh god will still love her uh not my belief of course as you all know but it is a very good song because she's a damn talented talent, talent singer. And, <clears throat> you know, she can sing about anything, really, and make me want to listen. Like, so uh, via uh, an Apple Music uh, interview, here's what Brittany Howard had to say about that song. She says, uh, I had just gotten a new compressor called a Distressor. It's like a piece of rack gear. Don't know what that means. And 
you know, put in drums, guitar, bass, you know, but uh, every time I'd write a verse, the song would just stop and I'd be like, what am I going to put there? What do I want to, what do I want to say? You know, eventually uh, I decided to follow the bass line and improvise. The, uh, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, I don't go to church anymore. I know he still loves me. And that was it. I went on the internet to find a preacher talking about why I should go to church and wound up watching a two-hour sermon by this guy, Terry Anderson. I love the timbre of his voice so much that I pulled out parts of the sermon and stuck them in the song. So, there you go. <clears throat> um, track three, Georgia. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, now I'm pulling, again, pulling this straight from Apple Music. So, uh, you know, people say uh, songs in this record have a double meaning. Uh, to me, a lot of them have a triple meaning. There's the world, then there's me in the world, and then there's the little me inside of me. Uh, it's like a Russian doll. <laughs> she says, uh, I wrote Georgia from the perspective of myself as a child. Uh, it's a love song to an older girl. Uh, when you're a little girl, and you don't understand what it means to be gay. It's just an, an innocent infatuation, the way crushes become your whole world when you're young. And um, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. You know, um, <clears throat> so I can mosey on along here to the next song, which is one of my favorites on the record, Stay High. Uh, I read it to dedication to her father, but honestly, I don't think that's correct. Uh, in actual commentary from her, she doesn't really go into the meaning beyond just how she wrote it in the first place. Uh, the story is her partner, who is also a writer and working on a book, uh, they would ask each other how, you know, how the other one was, was doing on writing, you know, and uh, she presented this song, um, you know, she said that, she presented this song, and you know, while she said she hated it, her partner said, uh, actually, I think this is going to be a hit. And um, she was correct, because this song is a fucking banger. Yeah, it's pretty great. But um, the next song, Tomorrow, um, yeah, so real quick, you know, one good thing about uh, bigger artists and albums like this is that there's a plethora of information available, so I don't have to dig for days and days online. Um, or sometimes try to come up with you know, a reasonable explanation myself, which is more than likely wrong. Uh, so this way, you know, coming straight from her once again, uh, I consider, I consider this track or this advanced listeners track. Uh, it's the one people usually don't talk about, but man, I love it. To me, it feels like three songs in one. Uh, in the beginning, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not feeling great about things. I'll deal with them eventually, just not today. You know, the second part is like, now it's tomorrow. What do I want? Uh, this is the this is where the political uh, global edge comes in, asking things like, how are we going to make this better? And when are we going to do it? Then the third part is where it gets all, let's hold hands and go to Disney World. Life is short. <laughs> the idea is that I feel anxious, but also hopeful about tomorrow. So let's make it as good as we can. So I like it, you know, short and sweet. Uh, that's the next song, not not the description of what I just did. Uh, <laughs> a uh, song about a relationship and how in the beginning you don't want to put pressure on anything. You just want to be present and enjoy it. I feel that, you know. Uh, guess uh, next up, 13th Century Metal. So again, according to Brittany Howard via Apple Music, the title is very literal. Uh, the song sounds like uh, metal music, but it also sounds like a, a Gregorian chant. 
uh, Robert Glasper plays on this record. And so the funny thing about that is that uh, he was just trying to figure out how to use this weird keyboard. So then uh, <laughs> drummer uh, Nate Smith and I said, <laughs> that was definitely a miscue there. Um, Rob, go play these keys and see if you can't get a good sound out of them. So he goes into the booth and messes around, playing and playing, and finally I'm like, wait, this is good. Are you hitting a record? Uh, Rob plays through the whole song. It's all improvised, one take. And at the end, <clears throat> I added in this poetry I had written one day when I was really needing inspiration. President Trump had gotten elected and Prince had died, and there was just a lot of bad shit happening. But I was like, wow, I, I don't know about this world. So I started writing. Uh, I didn't catch that from the lyrics initially, but that's pretty dope. Um, <clears throat> Baby is up next. Uh, she says that this was a, a last-minute ad. Uh, I had this riff, uh, and it was driving me crazy because I knew I loved it, and I knew I wanted to use it. I just didn't know how. And I was laying in bed one night, looking through my computer at lyrics, and came across an interesting idea I'd written after I'd broken up with somebody. Uh, it's about one of those relationships where you're doing 80% of the work, uh, but they're all like, hey, baby, haha. <laughs> and I'm just like, nope, I'm not your baby. I see you. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a um, pretty good uh, pretty good summation of that song as well. Uh, now on to track nine, my favorite on the record, hands down, uh, Goathead. So she says that um, this was the hardest song to write. Uh I had these lyrics I'd written about what it was like growing up in the South, uh, but they were weirdly cute. You know, tomatoes are green, cotton is white, and so on. Um, they were from the point of view of a child making sense of the world, you know, making sense of the South. But then it just hit me, goat head. You know, I went straight into this memory of, you know, who cut off a goat head and put it, and put it in the back of my dad's car. You know, it's painful stuff, and it's abrupt, and it's shocking, but that's the point. You know, I did a few of these uh, listening parties that artists uh, do sometimes where they play their music, and every, every time it would come on, people would either nervously laugh or just gasp or cry. Uh, you know, even for me, right after I sang it for the first time, I instantly felt so vulnerable and uncomfortable. You know, I went in the control room, and I uh, was like, I, I don't think we can use that. And Sean was like, oh, no, we're using it. Um, <clears throat> so the uh, the line about being mixed, uh, having two interracial children, you know, she talks about that, you know, for me, <clears throat> really hit me where she says, um, <clears throat> I, I guess I'm not supposed to mind because I'm brown, I'm not black. But who said that? See, I'm black. I'm not white, but I'm that. Like, no, 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 I'm this, right? I'm one drop of three-fifths, right? And... When I first heard that, man, I just like, I was floored, right? Uh, for those of you who are unaware, uh, she's referring to the three-fifths compromise, which was a constitutional compromise in which the founding fathers agreed to count three-fifths of all slaves in order to determine a state's number of seats in Congress. Thus, a slave is essentially considered three-fifths of a citizen, the one drop she mentions refers to the idea that if you have one drop of African blood, you are black. Per Wikipedia, 
uh, 20th century America, the concept of the one drop rule has been primarily applied by white Americans to those of sub-Saharan black African ancestry when whites were trying to maintain some degree of overt or covert white supremacy. The poet Langston Hughes wrote in his 1940 uh, memoir, You see, unfortunately, I'm not black. There are lots of different kinds of blood in our family. But here in the United States, the word Negro is used to mean anyone who has any Negro blood at all in his veins. In Africa, the word is more pure. It means all Negro, therefore black. I am brown. Uh, This rule meant uh, many mixed-race people of diverse ancestry were simply seen as African-American, and their more diverse ancestors forgotten and erased, making it difficult to accurately trace ancestry to this present day. The, this concept became codified into, into the law of some states in the early 20th century. It was associated with the principle of, quote, invisible blackness that developed after the long history of racial interaction in the South, as well as the hardening of slavery as a racial caste. It is an example of hypodescent, the automatic assignment of children of a mixed union between different socioeconomic or ethnic groups to the group with the lower status, regardless of proportion of ancestry in different groups. The one-drop rule is defunct, uh, is now defunct in law in the United States and was never codified into federal law. So <clears throat> I don't want to go too far off into it, but uh, you know, please do yourself a favor if you were unaware of any of this. Uh, uh, research it. Educate yourself. Um, it's more than worth the time, I think. You know, take half an hour and just just search about the three fifths compromise, search about the one drop rule, and just just again educate yourself. So, okay, <laughs> moving on. I, I could spend six hours on that, but <clears throat> uh, track ten, presence. Uh, she's singing about appreciating her partner and not taking it for granted. That's it. <laughs> so, uh, track 11, uh, Run To Me. Uh, this is a weird one. Uh, this is coming from her, not me. Uh, I was cleaning my house and had my laptop on the bed. Now, I never do this, but you can play keys using Logic and essentially play a fake digital piano. And on this day, on the fly, I wrote this entire synth track while grabbing bottles of Comet and cleaning my shower. And I kept repeating the line, Run To Me in my head. Probably because I was sad at the time since who I was with was pretty shitty. Uh, I had these little Apple these Apple headphones. I had a little mic, and I just sing into that as words popped into my head. Funny enough, those original vocals are the ones on the final track. So uh, that's pretty awesome. I love stories like that of, of things that, that start off as just kind of a almost like a placeholder that end up making the final product somehow. That's always really cool. So... So yeah, there you have it, folks. Jamie by Brittany Howard. Uh, as I said earlier, I'm not a huge fan of the Alabama Shakes, but uh, I really like her on her own. And again, especially this album, it's it's really fucking good. So uh, four and a half out of five. That, you know, again, the arbitrary uh, rating system. So uh, be sure to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Links will be in the description for all the social media stuff as usual, uh, YouTube as well. And uh, you know, I just want to thank you all for listening so much. And I want to say I'm Jeremy Levine, and this has been the Vinyl Countdown. And I hope to be in your ears next week. 
Take care, everybody. Thank you.